Next on MLR Weekly, New England General Manager Tom Kindly wreaking havoc. Premier Rugby 7 CEO Owen Scannell and our MLR Coffee Break with Rugby Morning's John Fitzpatrick. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hello again and welcome back to this week's MLR Weekly as presented by Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in New York City, thank you for joining us again. Uh, we have a great show. We have none other than CEO of Premier Rugby 7's Owen Scannell. Why is he on an MLR Weekly program? Good question. We'll answer it later. We also have Tom Kindly of the very busy New England Free Jacks. He's the general manager. But before we get to either of those folks, we have our MLR recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. John, take us away. Big names continue to join Major League Rugby. The Dallas Jackals signed former Argentina head coach Mario Ledesma as assistant coach and consultant. A lot of Argentinian flair in Dallas. Hey, Matt. Ah, we oui, a lot of flair in Dallas. Oh, it's Argentinian. I don't have that accent. The New England Free Jacks, a trio of signings here. Canadian prop Cole Keith, formerly of the Toronto Arrows, Connor Young, and Kiwi Jason Patros. You say Patras, I say Potras. Let's call the whole thing off. Next! But, Matt, the question remains, who will New England sign to replace Waka? Ah, that is a question that remains. Another question that remains is, why don't we ever see squirrel poop? We see all kinds of poop, but we never see squirrel poop. Next! Nola Gold, they traded for fullback Dougie Fife. They sent salary cap considerations to the New England Free Jacks in 2023. Fife signed a two-year deal with New Orleans. Nola Gold, the best offseason so far? I don't know, but Tom Kindly, the GM of the Free Jacks, is going to have to answer to that later in the show. Next! Another team putting together a great offseason, Old Glory DC. They re-signed outside center William Talatena, and they signed Argentinian flanker Latoro Bavaro. A great pickup for Old Glory and a perfect time for me to shamelessly plug Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. Next! The San Diego Legion traded Ben Mitchell to the Seattle Seawolves in exchange for Sean McNulty. And they signed former Austin Gilgronis lock Isaac Ross. McNulty is certainly getting around the MLR, but that, if I'm not mistaken, has two Malcolms at hooker for Seattle. Is that right? That's right, Matt. There are two hookers running around Seattle with the last name Malcolm. Next! The Toronto Arrows, they have signed Captain Lucas Rumble. He'll be back for the Arrows in 2023. A statistical marvel, considering the fact that his feet go in opposite directions. Next! Last but not least, the Utah Warriors have re-signed flanker Yuri Van Buren. Vroom, vroom. No truth to the rumors that he is domestically available for the USA because of his great-great-great-grandfather, Martin. Thank you, John Fitzpatrick, for this week's Rugby Morning's Coffee Break. We'll be right back with Owen Scannell, CEO of Premier Rugby Sevens, after this. Selling or trading in your vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. With Easy Trade, start online or visit us in store. We want your vehicle, and we'll give you up to 125% of KBB value. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street.
And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. We're back with Mr. Owen Scannell, the CEO of Premier Rugby Sevens, PR Sevens. Owen, welcome to MLR Weekly. Thanks, Matt, for having me. It's great to be here. All right. And Owen, right now, it's people on Reddit are destroying me for having you on MLR Weekly because you're not an MLR entity, but there is a reason, and we'll get to that later. They're on, we'll leave them on the edge of their seats. But let's talk about your tournament. Just give us the skinny. Act like somebody's in a cave. They just got out of the cave, and you're filling them in. PR7s, uh, you know, they're kind of the three quick things to know about us. We're one of the first uh, professional standalone sevens competitions in the world, currently with four franchises. Um, we're the first men's and women's competition with with pay equity, regardless of gender, um, in a combined championship. And we're also officially sanctioned by USA Rugby as the top tier of professional sevens in the U.S. Ah, put the line through one of the questions I was going to nail you with. Yeah, we've been sanctioned uh, actually since the, the summer of 2020. Um, we've been every competition we've run uh, has been with great, you know, great help and partnership with USA Rugby. And, you know, we have a tremendous relationship with everybody there and trying to build uh, a a very unique and differentiated uh, rugby sevens competition. If I'm not mistaken, and I'm just just walk, let me let me go through this. So I have it down. Men and women play on a same team and there's prize money to be won. They get their expenses paid. They mm-hmm. don't necessarily get a salary or a mm-hmm. fee for coming in and participating in the tournament at this point, but they are getting their expenses paid and they have an opportunity to win prize money. Yeah. And we, you know, essentially the way it's structured and the, the, the nomenclature we, uh, we, we try and be uh, deliberate with, we have four franchises. So there's four team brands at the moment uh, that competed in 2022. Each one of those teams has a men's and women's team. Um, those players, uh, you know, those those two competitions are separate. You know, the men will compete against the men for, you know, in each stop for a, for a trophy there um, with points combining and consolidating over the course of the season for a uh, for an individual men's and women's title, as well as a United Championship uh, that combines the men's and women's performances. Um, we think that's something really cool, really exciting, unique in sports. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that I think is uh you know, hasn't really been seen quite yet. Um, so we've got a lot of very positive feedback on that and people have really seemed to, to take to that, um, especially the players too. I think we've had a number of players, you know, you can see in some of the, um, you know, in some of the highlights and the matches, you know, there's a, there's a, it creates this kind of cross culture um, between the men's and women's programs where they're rooting each other on for their combined successes. But that doesn't mean sharing in the prize if it's won by that team. You know, the, 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 the pay structures are, you know, we, we've kind of tweaking and changing them, you know, every, you know, with, with some of the, the feedback, um, you know, we've, we've kept most of the prize money separate um, at the beginning, but I think we'll probably look at ways next year to kind of consolidate that and, and make that, um, you know, as a, a combined output uh, next year. All right. So you're the Dartmouth guy. I'm the university of Buffalo guy. I'm having my, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the pay thing because I thought, mm-hmm. It says the first sports league to launch equal pay for male and female athletes, but I was mm-hmm. under the impression that they're just being reimbursed for fees and they're playing for prize money. So where does the equal um, pay come in? The equal, the equal in, the, in, in terms of in terms of prize money and allocation, yeah, that's that would be where the the equity is, right? There's, I think we look at equity as a, you know, it's it's not just a kind of on field compensation thing. You know, we we view equity kind of as a holistic thing for you know, our organization broadly, right? We have on the one hand, it's, you know, equal coverage uh, of our men's, you know, our male and female athletes, right? We'll have, you know, a, a, you know, the same broadcast windows um, and and coverage, 
you know, for the men's and the women's program. Um, you know, it's the same treatment, right? The same access to high performance, the same uh, travel and logistics, right? I think it's, there's so many, there's kind of such a, you know, the, the pay is kind of the moniker that's that's gotten a lot of attention in media, but- yeah, I'll, I'll say that, pay is usually a moniker that gets a lot of attention. Believe me, you're, you're preaching yeah. to the choir here. It just, it's a, it sounds a little bit confusing just just from from my perspective here when you say that because they're literally not getting paid no people 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 are receiving prize money from from a participation perspective but right you know it's it's one part if you don't of the win you know if, if you don't win you're not getting any pay yeah all right it's just semantics okay sure. you're also the first uh platform to pay women in professional rugby in the united states which is pretty cool yeah. actually in north yeah. america perhaps yeah, no, we, um, you know, it, it, it's a really exciting development, I think, in the landscape, you know, trying to make, um, you know, to, to uh, I think, give the opportunity and the platform for, you know, some really tremendous uh, athletes and, and, and women's rugby players to, you know, have the a platform to play domestically in front of fans, um, in, you know, in front of uh, domestic, you know, TV audiences. Um, it's something that, you know, I think we had an opportunity to do something differentiated at the beginning. And, um, you know, we were, you know, we thought it was, it was a no brainer for us. And with that opportunity. All right. So let's talk growth because you guys came out of nowhere mm -hmm. and now you're, you're up and running. Give us, give us some of the numbers. We had a pretty tremendous season. I mean, you know, we had our Memphis, uh, launch in 2021, which is actually going to be, uh, we'll have the year anniversary of that tournament, believe it or not, um, uh, in two weeks. Um, and, you know, it was pretty much up across the board. I mean, from the minutes viewed, from ticketing, sponsorship, you know, butts and seats, really kind of all the metrics that are important for, you know, an emerging sports business. Um, you know, it, it was really, you know, phenomenal to, you know, to, to see the growth as we, you know, we, it was, we scaled, you know, into multiple cities. But beyond that, to have the, you know, the, the kind of you know, same game metrics increase as well was was really was really powerful for us. And so, you know, we have, we've kind of got a great platform to build off of um, and looking to continue to expand further down the road. You know, we're trying to build an audience for for rugby. Right. And I think the best way to do that is to get it in front of as many people as possible, because you know, part of our thesis is that if you see what we're putting on, if you see sevens for the first time, you're going to see a really exciting, fun, fast, you know, energized game that, you know, you can connect with, right? If you're a fan of American football, you don't need to be in rugby necessarily to connect to what we're, you know, or, you know, understand the the nuances of the breakdown to see us, see a try in sevens and really be excited and drawn to it. Um, so, you know, in, in that capacity, trying to get as many people, you know, get as many butts through the the turnstiles, butts in seats, eyeballs on the TV, eyeballs on digital and social. I mean, that's kind of where, you know, we really want this to to stand out. You got the deal with Fubo. Is that going mm -hmm. forward? You know, we're actively in discussion on a couple of different fronts on the on the broadcast. I will probably have some announcements in the next couple of weeks. And so we can definitely update you on that once we've got something over the finish line. You have MLR players that could we potentially do. either be playing with your uh, with your setup or actually get noticed playing for you guys. Yeah, we I think um you know we've had a great and positive relationship with with Major League Rugby thus far. Um you know it's it's been really really positive I think you know to give players more opportunities to play professionally, you know play in different buildings. Um you know we've been trying to collaborate and work with them in a in a very constructive and positive way because you know it, it's it's rugby, right? I think there's a lot of 
you know, as a as a sport, you know, we it is an emerging sport, and we will able to be rowing in the same direction. And so we're, you know, we're we're thrilled about the way that we've kind of been able to engage with with MLR thus far, and we'll continue to do so going forward. Are you saying that there might be an MLR PR sevens merging sevens competition? coming out oh I, it might be a little early for that but all right um, you know, i gotta, I gotta ask of, you know, man i gotta ask if you want to there's there's a lot of uh you know a lot of opportunities to uh you know get creative right you know things i think if it's something that fans are interested in then uh you know we could you know we we would we keep the door open for that for sure all right doors are doors are open we like to hear that sure. and when and where can a PR sevens fan see you guys next? We are finalizing the schedule for 2023 um, as we speak. Um, we hopefully will have some announcements to make on that also um, in the in the coming uh, weeks, um, if not, you know, probably by the end of the year. Um, anticipate a summer 23 season. Um, it was kind of similar, you know, similar type of format. Um, but also with a couple of tweaks. I think you know there will be some things that, you know, some feedback that we've taken in from fans. Um, that, you know, from, we, you know, we, we definitely think are, are pretty good ideas as far as format. And so taking those on board and figuring out a, you know, exciting new structure, um, that'll, I think people will really get excited about and buy into. What did you make of the free beer suggestion from rugbywrapup.com? Free, I think free beer is, is always a good idea to get people excited about rugby. I think that's, uh, that's, that's where a lot of people get into rugby in the first place. And so, you know, we could, uh, we could definitely take that incorporation on board. Well, I need we, a beer partner for that. We, we could, we could tweak it and just say cheaper, cheap beer. Yeah. Cheaper beer. We cheaper can do that. Beer. All right. Final thoughts, sir. We, you know, we're excited. I mean, I think the, the, you know, the, the, the landscape for rugby, you know, it's such an exciting time with the world's cups coming you know, with the LA Olympics coming, there's so many great events, big rugby events that are, are, are coming down the horizon. I think, you know, we just want to say thank you to, you know, to you, Matt, for kind of all you're doing to, to help build the audience for rugby. I mean, we're, you know, that's, I think, probably our biggest goal is to try and create rugby as entertainment. And so, um, you know, appreciate you having us on here. Well, it makes my life easier when setups like yours are out there. So yeah. kudos and congratulations going forward. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. We'll be right back. Been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer's Paps Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. That's good beer. Okay, we're back with Mr. Tom Kindly, the general manager of the New England Free Jacks. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, we've been watching the show for a long time. I've probably seen most of the episodes of the over the last couple of years, and yeah, an honor to be on it, Matt. Well, that really makes me happy. Thank you, and it, and and uh, simultaneously, I'm I'm feeling kind of poorly because I'm going to tear you down brick by brick right now because you are the guy that Free Jacks fans, like Jacks Rangers, are all sad because you let 
a guy like Bodine Walker go, and now you've let Dougie Fife go. What what have you to say for yourself, sir? <laughs> oh, there's that's it, really. There's not too much I can say for myself at the moment. We're going to let the uh, the rest of our recruitment hopefully make up for that. But um, yeah, I think I think Bodine's um, paycheck over with Cor- uh, Corbet was a little bit a little bit tough for him to turn down, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, a change of life salary for for a guy like that. But hey. That's the, those are the, those are the, uh, the spoils of, of being successful in this league. You're going to have that. But what about Dougie Fife? If it's not Scottish, it's crap. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dougie, now Dougie has been awesome. He, he obviously had that breakout season. He was back of the year for us in 2021. For us, it was always really going to like a two year initially. Uh, so he came to the end of his contract. He came to the end of his visa and it's always tough going. You essentially go back to the player pool obviously with the new group of coaches, uh, Dougie at the sort of the back, nearing the back end of his career, our coaches felt like they just wanted to go a slightly different direction in regard to our fullback space. So yeah, tough one. Um, but you know, he's still in our, in our team, um, housing at the moment, still giving back to our community and, um, still a good friend of, of everyone. So yeah, he'll be, he'll be must. And you got cap space for that, according to the reports floating around the interwebs. Is that going to be used for Dan Carter? <laughs> you know us, mate. We're very boring, very modest, and sadly, there's never really any big names. So uh, it will probably continue that sort of uh, that sort of line of of work. All right. Well, since fans are going to be disappointed that Dan Carter's not coming, you got any announcements for this week? Yeah. So we obviously have had a couple of a couple of announcements. Um, I dropped one guy that we've been trying to get on board for a long time was Connor Young. Um, so Connor Young is an Australian um, Canadian eligible tight head prop. So he represented the um, Canada U20s a long time ago, back in 2015, I believe it was. And since then, he's sort of been a bit of a journeyman. He's played over in the Scottish Super Six and he's been a bit of a mainstay for Southern Districts um, on both sides of the scrum and called him to the Queensland Red setup. Uh, most recently so he's a really obviously highly touted domestic qualified prop who can play on both sides and we see him playing a big role for us next year and then the other one is Jason Potros from Taranaki Um, and uh, so he's a 30 year old um, wise and battle hardened uh, fly half um, who's been pulling the strings for them doing really well um, for the last few seasons so yeah really excited to bring uh, Jason and his family across and to have him step into sort of the fly half void we've got. And, you know, one of the less splashy uh, moves that you guys have made just tore the heart and soul out of Canada, all the fans of Canada, in getting Andrew Quatran onto your roster. How did you finagle that? Yeah, well, like, uh, I think, obviously, they're, they're close to us um, from a – geographic point of view and I think that that really helps us and that like a lot of those guys are sort of home bodies they don't want to go too far away from home but you know Boston somewhere that they think oh, I could get there and you know that that might be all right not too far away from mum and dad so I think that helps us a bit and then obviously Josh Larson, Regan O'Gorman, Foster Dewitt, three Canadians that have really enjoyed their time uh, with us in New England so yeah we, we knew there was a, some interest from a couple of those players for a couple of years and and finally this this season we were able to get um, a couple of them across the line and obviously announced this week as well via the MLR trade wire, Cole Keith, the loose head prop, uh, is joining us as well. So those two have spent a fair bit of time together in scrum training and 
Um, looking forward to having them in Free Jacks jerseys for next season. You just took out basically two-thirds of that young starting front row for the Arrows slash Team Canada and inserted them. It's like the Blue Jays and the Red Sox exchanging players. Yeah, I know it's... Um, it wasn't wasn't meant to exactly you know happen that way. It didn't really happen for any rhyme or reason. It just so happened that we had vacancies and they were available. So um, yeah, no, I think those guys just needed a change of scenery. They've been there and they've done a lot of good work and you know spoke really highly of their time in Toronto. But yeah, I think a new home will be good for them for a, for a period of time. Tom, your team has had some pretty darn good success on the pitch after. Uh, a less than impressive start, let's say. Yeah, I think our, our sort of um, change of fortune coincided with Woodgy's inception um, in 2021. As soon as he came on board, we started winning. So, it's Alex Magleby in a in a in a costume. That's there's no way you're going to convince me otherwise that that's not Woodgy. Well, now that Ollie's moved on too, it could well be Ollie there week in, week out. So, mate, I think our, our sort of change in fortune has come from some really good coaching. I think some really good appointments in the coaching space. So Ryan Martin did a really good job. And then obviously Scott Matthew, another educator, both high school teachers for a long period of time. Both have really had to work hard to be professional coaches and don't take it for granted. Um, so they work really hard, as we saw with Scotty, he stayed after the season for an extra month and got involved with our U18 space. He was out in the community every day doing work, and a, you know a lot of coaches wouldn't be prepared to do that at this level. So um, they've done really good, and Mike Rogers as well has done a fantastic job. Those two have been sort of a bit of a, a bit of a um, yin and yang combo. Uh, yeah, South, a South African and a Kiwi working together. Who would have who would have thought? So only in rugby. Yeah. So they've formed a, a really awesome partnership and a great friendship. They've done a great job. And then I think we've just really tried to to be honest with our players, to give them the best experience, treat them as well as we uh, can, can afford to do as well. Obviously being a part of that, pick them up at the airport, make sure they've got bedding when they arrive uh, into their team housing and making sure that, you know, just all those little, little things. Just, are, just, you know, someplace to, to, to sleep, right? <laughs> I know it, it sounds it sounds ridiculous, but I think those little things go a long way with the players, and and then they hear about it. Um, their teammates hear about it through word of mouth, and then you know all of a sudden you got a bunch bunch more players who want to be free jacks, which is a really good thing. That's yeah. all good stuff. And you know, while we're feeling good, let me ask you this question: What are you going to tell me about Los Angeles and Austin? Sadly, mate, I, I don't have too much information except that I think we're going to find out some stuff next week. Yeah. Let me ask you this hypothetical, though, that maybe as a general manager you can address. If these teams or one of these teams isn't in the league next year, what happens with the players? Yeah, so, well, obviously with Dallas, we had the dispersal draft, um, which we were able to, and I think Alan, everyone got to benefit from the fruits of Alan Clark's uh, recruitment, um, which he'd done a really good job. We obviously got Vian Conradi, who's still with us, um, and a couple others to Adraki, some of some of Audre and uh, Josateki Dinge. So yeah, I think something like that will end up happening again if those players are available. Um, but obviously, we've got a long way down the road now. I know with us at the Free Jacks, we're sort of ninety percent of the way through our recruitment, so it's going to be very difficult to add um, any more than one or one or two at, at the absolute most. So it is a really tough situation, but I'm sure the league will work hard as they do to, to rectify it and find good solutions for those players. 
Now, I know we're all rugby people and, 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 and uh, for the most part, nice people in a sense, but this is a business and the MLR contracts kind of don't make it so that a player that's signed a contract for a year or two years has a guarantee. And if some of these star players or better players from LA or Austin come available, even if a team has a full roster, they can kind of just get rid of the contract, right? And bring one of these players in. Is that off base? Yeah, I mean, um, each year, I think our, our contracting model is a bit different to a lot of places, given the fact that we have such a big off season and there's so much that can happen over that off season period. Players need to pass their medical uh, screening upon coming back in. So we just had a, a, an instance with Stan Vandenhoven has, has done his ACL in full knee. And unfortunately, obviously, he won't be able to continue into the second year of his two-year contract. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think you know, for the most part, uh, general managers and coaching and management teams will do their best and their most to, to honour um, term lengths. But... Um, yeah, obviously there are, there are um, circumstances whereby the, the the club can move on from that those players, but I think that's more so off the back of a, an average season, you know, and not so much these sort of situations. But yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, any players that are added can be added uh, on top of already um, constructed rosters. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, there's an eleventh hour adding players to a roster or adding a little cap room to accommodate these players, because it would be a shame if, if they had nowhere to go. Final thoughts, sir. Yeah. I think heading into the, the, we're just excited for the next, the next cold war, obviously um, New York got the, uh, got the better of us uh, in the last two. So um, we're excited for the, for the next one heading into 2023. Well, that brings up the question. Uh, what do you think of the New York coaching situation? Yeah, look, I think Rick Salizo, he's he's actually ended up being a really good good mate of mine throughout um, all the time we spend on the the phone um, with one another. And Steve Lewis does it does it plenty of work, and I definitely respect respect those guys for all the work they're doing. I think they've got a clear vision as to where they want to go and some things they want to improve. And sometimes it's a bit of a time consuming process, um, but it sounds like they'll have a, a coaching staff appointed in the relatively near future. Um, I imagine there'll be a Kiwi involved in that in that group as well, which will be should be heaps of fun for us uh, up in the northeast. Um, but it definitely won't take away from our rivalry. And, and at the end of the day, we we want to beat each other, so um, that that won't change. A diplomatic, seasoned answer from the new GM, right there, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tom. Kindly, thank you, sir, for coming on. And on that note, we are out of time once again. Thank you, Mr. Tom Kindly. Thank you, Owen Scannell. Thank you, John Fitzpatrick. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other segments, including the Rugby Odds, the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please join our American Red Cross blood donor team. 